Hey there, and welcome back to the SE Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody McGuffey, and today I'm thrilled to share our enlightening chat with Brad McDonald, an expert SE seller and SE coach about the booming SE community and how crucial it is for you to be using data in growing your SE business. Come join us on our journey from dispelling the 1,000 listing myth, right, to having 1,000 listings. You need to have those in order to create any sort of success to creating a listing tracker for optimizing conversion rates and much more. Grab your pen, notebook, and get ready for some great takeaways in this one. Here's a clip from today's show used to be able to make about 10 to $12 quite easily, but now we're seeing that the shirts, the POD shirts, the Bell Canva standard shirt that everybody loves, it's 7 or $8 is what it seems to be getting. So it's come down a couple notches in the last couple of months just because of more volume. But Unique still wins text over image always right now. Text combined with image is awesome. A couple other things that are trending is flat lays are better than models. We're seeing that when they're displayed in a flat lay with the products in the pictures and mock-ups, not being printified, not being printful, not their mock-ups, but unique mock-ups. We have an awesome episode for you guys today. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Everbee, and we believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to pursue their passions and live life on their own terms. We believe in making e-commerce accessible to everyone around the world and in using it to make a positive impact in our families, in our communities. Everbee is the Etsy growth tool that helps Etsy sellers find winning products and get more sales. You can see the revenue of product. You can see the monthly sales a listing is generating. You can see the tags each listing is using to drive their SEO. And then you can see the search volume that really helps you understand what people are searching for on Etsy and then what they're buying on Etsy. It's a tool you guys need to be using for your Etsy business. So again, sign up for free, everbee.io. Let's jump in. Brad, what's up, man? Oh, lots going on here, Cody. How you doing? Great, man. Thanks so much for coming on. You've come on, I think, twice now, or maybe once in the past recently. So this is the second time on. I'll link to that show into the show notes. But very, very grateful for you to come back on and share your time with us, man. How are you? Really good. In this rapidly changing world, there's so much going on. It's really, really uh, very interesting time in the e-commerce world, especially the Etsy world. Totally, man. And you're seeing a lot. Like you see a lot of different seller accounts. Like you talk to a lot of Etsy sellers in your network. Obviously you do this for a living. Your wife has her own Etsy shop, but you also coach other Etsy sellers on how to grow their shop. So that's why it's like a unique perspective, right? It's not just like one seller and their experience, whether that's good or bad. It's like, you actually see a lot of experiences. So you get to see the sellers that are crushing it, absolutely just crushing it. More of like the medium, medium in the road sellers who are you know, they're doing well, but they want to grow more. And you have the ones that are brand new. And they're just like, Hey, I'm just getting started. And like, I have no idea what to do. You get to see all that, right? Yeah. We get a, the wide spectrum of everything in between too, that uh, is Etsy. And so I think one of the interesting parts that I get to see is that since, you know, we're involved in helping people with their listings, we get to see the results of changes to listings. And I think that's like one of the most important things. What is it that you could do to your listings to get more views and they actually track it. And then I analyze the results. So I'm literally on a daily basis, oftentimes going through hundreds and hundreds of modified listings. And so what I get to see is before they modified the listing, how many visits were they getting? Mm-hmm. Modified the listing 30 days afterwards. What was the result of that change? And from tags to titles to images to descriptions to shop changes to videos, I get to see all those results every day. I'm just studying these. Sure, you live in it. Yeah, when you live in something, you know, for it's just like a, the regular your regular day. Like you pick up on subtle things, right? It's not even like 
you have this like magic insight necessarily. It's more like, no, I've just been living in this for the past five years or three years. And you get to just pick up on little subtle things. Like everybody, we, we experience the same thing. Like we look, look at data all day um, on, on it. So it's literally like hundreds and hundreds, millions of listings we get to look at and kind of just study. And do we have like insights every single day? No, but we're just around the data. And you just get to learn like a lot of just like ins and outs of certain things just because you're around it. That's all it is. And and especially the one thing that that, come, that pops up is that there's a ton of myths and ton of beliefs that people really do believe from watching all sorts of things. And we kind of do some myth busting on a daily basis because the data proves, you know, things, I'll, I'll give you a couple examples if I can. Yeah. You know, a couple of things, a couple of myths that are out there, you know, one of the ones I see like this number one myth is that the faster you can get to a thousand listings, the better you'll do. And I actually get to see data from shops that that have that journey month by month and increase their visit, increase their listings to see if that is in fact true. And I've known that, you know, there are some many false things. That's one real good myth that's out there. Real and quick on that, let's stay there for a second, actually, because that's actually a really, really common thing like on social media and TikTok and YouTube and stuff like that is not that I fully disagree with it, but I don't blanketly agree with it either, right? I'm, let the data talk for a second. Just because you have a thousand listings, does that mean you're more successful than somebody that has a hundred listings or 10 listings, right? And the answer to in your head, it sounds like it is not necessarily no. You, most cases, it's not. Is that correct? Yeah, it would depend on the quality score of those listings. And so the ones that just kind of slap them up and put them up with a little thought, you know, it can have the opposite kind of a boomerang effect where you're not really seeing any change. It's a flat line. And in fact, sometimes it can even go down because that quality score but that ultimately, ultimately, that's the that's the proof that I'm seeing. Yeah. If it's quality and it's a thousand, yeah, for sure, it'll do. Sure. Of course, it's not. like having a, a thousand quality products out there in the world. Of course, right? But like, I generally under, I understand where that like that narrative is coming from, right? Like, there's a certain amount of real estate that's available, you know, on Etsy. Or it's not a certain amount of real estate. But the point is, like, there's there's all opportunities, right? If you think of like Etsy as like real estate. And if you have, if you're covering more of the real estate, right, with your listings, with your properties, or however you want to describe it, and I'm going deep in the real estate game, the more chances that people are going to click on your, see your thing, and then click on your thing, and then buy on your thing. But that's not necessarily reality, right? It's like you actually, all your listings don't even get seen. It's, you get buried, buried way, way back to where you don't even exist, basically, right? And, and, and not just buried, but your time is just evaporating, you know, yeah. Going after it, you know, it's really much better to to thoughtfully produce a block of listings, do your research, do the proper, you know, quality. You know, it's it's about quality, not quantity. Mm -hmm. Release those, study the results, make your next batch based on the results from the previous one. And then you can see if, if what you're doing has a good effect or not. But if you just randomly put them publish and don't track them, don't watch the results, you sure. never know where you end up. You're throwing throwing stuff at a wall and hoping something sticks, you know? And that's that's one approach. It's not like it's terrible, but it's just like it's it's not the best use of your time, probably, right? It's you're probably yeah. better off like thinking about who you want to serve, you know, who your shop wants to serve, or or what kind of products you want to make, and then like researching it and validating it, making sure that like, hey, are people looking for this thing? Are they buying these types of things? And then you identify something that you've, you know, that, that works, right? Numbers wise. And then you say, okay, well, how can I make this better? Yeah. You know, and how can I make this better? And then, then you sell it and create, and then you create an awesome listing based on what you're saying, like with the quality score you're mentioning. 
Yeah, totally. And one of the things that I find that's kind of connected to the volume is in order to for for Etsy sellers to, you know, get this high volume, they go after this high volume, but they try to push out the products by duplicating the exact tags and titles of other listings that are really selling well. Now, this is actually a very good way to go about it, but not identically. This is one of the one of the fallacies or the myths that's out there is that if you just go to the best selling listings and you take their tags and you take their titles, uh, that it's going to do just as good for you as it did for them. Now, if I can just dig into that a little bit, yeah, please, let's go there. Oh, the reasoning and the fallacy behind, like the the falsity behind the reasoning. Some things that somebody doesn't know when they do that is how long that listing has been published. And that's why, you know, when we use Everbee as an example, it has the listing history in there. Mm-hmm. Like it has the age of that particular listing. Yep. Now, if it's a bestseller in the last couple of months, okay, that's that might be good data. It might work for you, but it might not work for you because there's a quality score that your, your shop has been assigned to. It takes about 60, 90 days for that quality score to be really stable and solid. And so if that person three months ago had created this and they're a bestseller, there might be a some you could mine some great data from that but you probably don't want to take every single one of them mm-hmm. the, the the idea behind it is that like it's working for them and they're getting some traction that's coming from a listing that's already out of quality score in their shop so it's good for ideas but not like a perfect duplication i don't sure. don't get results from just a simple duplication you need original yeah, you gotta put your brain on it too, right? Like no. use the data, but like put use your use your noggin here, right? It's like a very common strategy that we've realized, and this isn't even our strategy, it was more so just like it started just becoming a strategy that people use. And it seen people getting a lot of results is that they they find a product that, that's selling well, they make a product that's similar, make it maybe they improve it by you know adding a a, a second product into the listing or whatever they do, right? The point is they use Everbeat to find a product, they make the product. Then they take a best-selling product that's pretty similar to theirs, their new one, and they take the titles and uh, and they take the tags directly and they put paste it into their listing. That's like you said, not a bad strategy. Like, But just expecting it to perform the same just because you took the same stuff is not reality. And And the idea here is that like, you can copy the tags and put them in yours. That's there's no shame in that. But just tweak them. You know, make sure it makes sense for your listing. Like it, right? That's what you're saying. And like when when they publish it and they you know watch it for a couple of weeks or a period of time, you know, if they're not seeing any improvement, like I try to identify the weak, the weak tags, pull them out, replace them with some strong tags, and track that. So if you want to increase those visits, it's necessary to identify what's really stopping that listing from going forward. And every part needs to be focused on one part at a time. If you mix in tags with titles and make both changes, you have no idea sure. or what made the difference. So one thing at a time, instead of everything at once can lead to result. Like single. I've done, I've done that myself, right? I remember like, I'm just like, oh, this listing isn't performing. So like, just change everything, change the title, change the tags, just like change it all. And I'm like, sure enough, I'm like the same result. Results are the same, you know. Occasionally, you'd have one get totally lucky, and you're just like, but then you have no idea what worked, you know. You're just like, no idea. So, but you you said something there, like when you say that you identify which tags are maybe weak. Can you go deeper there? Because like somebody has no idea, like how do you identify what's a weak tag? That is 
one of the and know, it's a loaded question too it's tough yeah. and you know maybe people will think that you know like i'm working for everybody by saying this but i actually use your tool all the time oh, nice how do you use it for this i'm curious i yeah I, I, I use the tool to I you know I actually collect together all the tags. I use the the feature in your tool that you can track it with over time, and then make the changes as soon as it's identified that the the tag is not ranking high. So I'll get rid of the bottom stuff, slap in the new stuff using your tool. That's that's really. So you use a listing rank tracker. You're saying? I use the listing rank tracker. Oh, cool. Religiously, because it does actually work. What's well, fairly new. So that's interesting. Cause like, um, we haven't really pushed that feature a whole lot because it's, we're still kind of in beta and we're trying to like improve it over and over again. Um, so that's cool to use that. So you'll, you'll, you'll track a listing. Let's say you make a new, make, make a new listing for a cup today, right? And some, some personalized cup, you put it on there and then you track the listing and listing rank tracker. Yep. And it'll come up with the score and then you've got to take it. You've got to pull stuff away and replace the new stuff that's in there according to the scores that appear in the listing tracker. That's a very effective way to increase your visits. Just like if I had one, only one way to go forward and I need, I had one listing and I wanted that listing to double in its visits. That's the first thing that I would be doing in that rank tracker tracker and also gathering the data as you put it. It's so easy to, to gather it from the highest best sellers in the last three months or something like that. I would make a filter and then, you know, put the ideas into that listing tracker and then monitor it, make the changes. And you'll see the visits. Yeah, performs. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, I'll have to like, we'll have to get a video like from you one day or like do a screen share or something like that to really like dive in there because I'd be curious how you use that. Totally. Um, I'm actually writing material for it for the course members that we have. Oh, that's awesome. Help them to actually make progress. It's one of the most efficient tools I've ever seen that's out there right now. That's awesome, man. Cool. Well, um, thank you for sharing that. Uh, okay. So how many people that are you like, ongoing like how many shops are you seeing every month or every how do you do it like every week or every month or how do you do it i'm analyzing people's uh, listings on a daily basis i probably see modifications and the best modifications uh, hundreds of listings every single day like actually seeing the results of the change so it's a constant thing from titles to takes to pictures and the the goal right now for a lot of our clients and what we're teaching right now, I think it's good for everybody, is to try to reduce the amount of time to make a quality, to make a quality listing, but to get your flow right, get your flow in your creation, you know, batch out a little block and focus on that and and you know, block it out even on your calendar to, to have time management with your creation in your Etsy listings. And that's going to the result is is that you don't do like this power week where you've created 50 listings and the next week, nothing like have sure. something that is blocked out and it's part of your work your day, process. your process, getting that process down because if the process is followed, the results will come, but it doesn't take a week or two. It takes, it takes longer. I love that. Can you walk us through like an example of like, for the person that's never really thought about process when it comes to this stuff at all? Cause they are like, maybe they're brand new to this and they're listening to this on the road, driving home. Maybe their kids are napping and they're listening to this. Um, like what does a process even look like for, for an, for an Etsy seller that wants to be successful? Yeah. So they should view their listing as like six different pieces as an example. Okay. They'll want to do is they want, they want to, whatever, however they track this, they want to have a best practice, which is of course using a good tool like yours as an example, but they'll want to use it. Um, they'll want to track 
and work on one part of that listing at a time. So put it in a draft, put like 10 in a draft in Etsy as an example, create that block and then start with, you know, do all your tags. You have to have your images, but then go onto all the tags, put all the tags in there and then work on, you know, your titles, but do them all because when you're thinking of this product and you're going through like all 10 of them, then publish them, look at the results and then, you know, wait for a period of time and then start working on just one part of it. Mm. It's one part, not all of them at once. So this is like, sorry to cut you off. This is more like the listing creation process, right? So there's like a few different processes. So there's like obviously the research process and then there's like the product creation process, which is where you actually create the products, right? And now we're in like, I, would, I know these are my words, maybe not your process, but phase three would be like create the listings process. And basically you sub segment that into three, or I'm sorry, six different steps in a listing creation process, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. And you just... Just because, you know, when you're focusing just on images, like do all your images, batch them together when you create mm -hmm. those images. Once your mind is in the zone, it's very focused on it. You're going to do the very best job instead of diverting your attention to tags. Do all your images one at once. Do all your titles at once. Then once you publish, see the results. Then do, do the same thing again. Focus on improvements for tags. Identify the things, get rid of them, watch the results. Then on to titles and just... It's a repeat with each. I get that. I mean, I get that for sure. It's batching work. It's like um, there's there's a thing in in the mental performance type of world, right? And it sounds like you're very familiar with that. It's more like there's switching costs, right? And these switching costs are extremely high when you have to like switch from distraction to distraction. And you actually lose so much because it takes time to ramp up into thinking about tags maybe or thinking about images for sure. It makes you, it's, you have to switch your mind from like going from tags into like the, the image creation process, creating nice mock-ups, creating a nice main image that has like, you know, call to actions on it or, um, you know, free shipping badge on it and, and all this stuff. And then you go into like the supporting images, you know, like that's different than creating tags or titles. That's what you're saying. Our focus. Power focus gets some of the best results and just block everything else out. Do your image creation and onto the next part. It's just going to, it's just going to get you to a different level when you're in that zone and no distractions. It's going to allow you to do the work that you do best with your creative ability. I like that. Um, would you say that this is like, in my head, this is more like a level two seller, meaning like um, level one seller is just like, dude, just create a listing, like do research and then create a listing, create one listing and just like, get the feel and then like do and do it again and do it again. And then eventually the seller kind of graduates to like, okay, I'm serious about this e-commerce thing. Sure. Yeah. Is, do you, would you agree with that? Or what do you think? Yeah. So I think the level one person, as you're describing is, you know, just put something up, throw it out there. And I meet with people every day with the same old story. It's the same That's old story. True. I tried this and that. And I know I want to do this, but you know, nothing's really working here. But sure. I find when we sit down together, we make a plan. Okay. Plan before you work, right? Mm -hmm. Plan it out. What are you going to do? You know, what's the image going to be? What's, what are you selling? What's the package going to look like? And don't even start until you have completed it. How are you going to, how are you going to deliver this? You know, how are you going to create this image? Where are you going to go to publish it and deliver it to the, so all this, have it all done clearly in mind, you know, make your list of your shopping list, so to speak of 10 of them, then go for it. Uh, once you've planned it out and you'll find that, that the effects of this will just improve with each batch that you make. And instead of having listing goals, it's more like it should be have visit goals instead of, 
instead of listing sure. goals. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have the, have the visits because you'll eventually see the conversion rate. You know, you might get 100 visits to one sale as an example, which is very common on Etsy. So your goal really should be to work with your income goal as it relates to a visit goal. And the blocks of listings that someone creates should be monitored so that you can actually envision in your mind the visit ratio, like the visits per day heading up to where the, you need to get them to so that you can have your income goal in mind. I like that. I like that a lot. It gives somebody a framework. Um, and sure. we call it frameworks, right? A framework of like, uh, on how to actually achieve their goals. So in correct me if I'm wrong, this is how it sounds like you're thinking it more like, hey, set your goal, whatever it is. Let's say it's $10,000 a month. It's just revenue. Let's just talk revenue because it's easier. So therefore, if we know the conversion rate, right, on average for your niche maybe is 2%. Um, by the way, if you don't know the average conversion rate for your niche, all you have to do is use Everbee, shameless plug, like literally type in the niche and then look at product analytics and you can scroll to the right and see all the conversion rates for all these listings. It will literally tell you how many people views to conversions and it'll say 1%, 2%, 5%, 6%, 4%. It averages out probably, would you, would you agree, 2.5% or something like that? Oh yeah, well, depending on physical, okay. you know, yeah, of course. Yeah, it, well, yeah all over the place. But then sure. you can kind of build, if you know the conversion rate, then you can kind of build, you know, like a model. I guess you, we would call this a financial model, you know, yep. but it's a model for you hitting your goals. And what you're saying is that going to map it to views, right? Obviously you need the sales, right? But map it to views somehow. So can we walk through that like framework, I guess? Yeah. I, I'm just kind of thinking here of where to start with that. that so mapping I out guess, your views over a six month period of time is an example. You should have a target for each month. So you might start with, you know, I want 500 or I, what's reasonable is it's just one person that's working for about two hours a day as an example. Okay, let's do that hours a day and I wouldn't, you know, if you had two hours a day, I would set myself a reasonable goal that you should be able to get somewhere between 10, like if it's just one person working by themselves, 10 and 50 visits per month that is organic without the ads. Okay. You turn ads on eventually, but you want to see your, you want to see your conversion hit a little higher before you turn those ads on, like proven conversion. You're good okay. at this. You see the results, then turn those ads on at a dollar to start with just to see how they're doing. Okay. But on and off, otherwise you'll lose your your position. But I don't want to go on a tangent too far yeah. into ads. But so so at that at that spot when you have like okay, I'm gonna get somewhere between you know 50 is my goal for month number one per day. For number visits. two, you are we talking? Like, yeah, are we talking about 50 visits per day? 50 per visits month. per day. But I okay. found kind of interesting little uh, data. I wish I could do just a little case study on this. But in my mind is a case study, Cody. One interesting little detail I found out is that most shops that want to make their side hustle into their main hustle, mm -hmm. their main, they need somewhere usually, you know, uh, usually it's somewhere between 500 and 1,000 visits per day. That's okay. like the average goal. So, you know, if you have a six-month period of time, your first month's always going to be the lowest. It's going to be the hardest. And then month two is going to, you could almost double it in month two, month three. But that should kind of be, there should be a- I get that. So just to back that up with data, um, if we know, let's just assume that the average conversion rate is 2%. Make it super easy. 2%, I think is fair. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, and if you're saying that somebody that's really wanted to like make this thing their their side hustle and to turn it into their full time hustle, then they, they need about five hundred to a thousand v- visits or listing views. I guess like literally clicks like onto that listing right um, yep. per day. And based on that, let's just say five hundred visits per day. Yeah. Times times two percent. Very simple math equals ten sales per day. Right. And if and if your if your average order value, meaning you're like your products typically sell for about let's say twenty five bucks, that's two hundred fifty bucks, right? Two two hundred fifty two hundred fifty dollars in revenue per day. Now going to double that to a thousand visits a day, it's the same math, two percent. Now it's twenty sales. Now it turns into five hundred dollars revenue per day, right? Exactly. And one other little detail just to throw in there that would add value to what like the substance of what you're saying. If your profit margin like we've we've come to understand that the average POD, print-on-demand profit margin, not digital, but the yep. print-on-demand, you should make somewhere, every time you should strive for a profit margin of 8 to $12. Hmm. 8 to $12 range should be your average, whether it's a shirt, whether it's a mug, or any other POD product, 8 to $12 should be your aim. That way, think about the 500 uh, clicks with 2% conversion, you're going to make that $10 on average. And that's how you're going to get to your full-time income that you want to get in six months. And so if you don't, like a lot of people will throw their listings up, they will lower their ask so that they, they're thinking that, oh, way more views are going to come in. But yes. it's not always that way. You're just selling yourself short and all that effort. You're throwing out the window. You should strive from the beginning to have a profit margin that makes sense and that's sustainable. Yep. And so based on that math, um, if you had, I'm just I have my calculator here in front of me, um, eight to twelve dollars, so say eight dollars profit per per sale. Then, if we said our, our example is, let's say it's a thirty dollar print on demand, whatever item, right, sweater, shirt, whatever it is, they're thirty dollars total, including shipping. Um, that would be time. What is it? Eight divided by thirty dollars, and that's a twenty six percent profit margin. That sound about right? Yeah. On the, on the minimum. Okay, so twenty six percent margin, margin, uh, or higher, like you said, or $12 and that would be probably a 35% profit margin. Cool. Our shirts are the Etsy shirts, by the way, in the last couple of months have taken a little bit of a dip. You used to be able to make about 10 to $12 quite easily, but now we're seeing that the shirts, the POD shirts, the Bella Canva standard shirt that everybody loves, that it's, you know, seven or $8 is what it seems to be getting. So it's come down a couple notches in the last couple of months just because of more volume, but unique still wins text. Over image, always right now, text combined with image is awesome. A uh, couple other things that are trending is flat lays are better than models. Hmm. Uh, we're seeing that uh, when they're displayed in a flat lay with with the products in the pictures and mock-ups, not being printified, not being printful, uh, you know, not their mock-ups, but unique mock-ups yep. associated with those products without without having your pictures with other items that are crowding in, you just want one or two mood items, but you want the focus to be on that shirt. I love that. Again, some design ideas right here. Like for sure, I agree with this. Um, and by the way, like mock-ups are always like a struggling part for uh, for sellers. So if um, obviously don't use like the, the standard ones that are like, look cheesy, right? Like go either make your own or, or probably go buy them on Etsy. There's a lot of Etsy shops actually specifically for mock-ups and they're awesome. Like they're, they put a lot of effort in that specific niche. Um, but let me ask you this, like where do you guys typically make or get your mock-ups for a lot of your customers, a lot of your guys' shops? Etsy is one of the best places for it. Okay. 
one of the things we're trying to we we've noticed like a little trend that might be helping the people that sell t-shirts is as, as an example that are using uh, Etsy to sell t-shirts and just just think of them of the logic or the psychology behind this when it when it comes to a picture is that somebody might be gravitated to to purchase a mock-up from an Etsy shop with a beautiful you know like a beautiful blonde woman or something like that a beautiful woman that's that's displaying this shirt and they they think that that's going to be the key. However, what happens when a woman looks at the shirt is sometimes they think to themselves, I'm not like that. I'm not like that beautiful person or whatever, whatever they may feel about themselves. And they actually kind of push it away and they mm-hmm. rather have no model in there at all because they don't feel like they're a model in that shirt. They envision themselves in that product. So that's actually turning into a trend away from those beautiful people that are displaying these products. That's why the flat lays are taking over. Interesting. New trend that's happening. Interesting. That's an interesting theory for sure. I mean, I understand that. I would probably say I'm more like, I haven't thought about this as deeply as you have at all. Um, but I certainly <laughs> need to see some, a person touching and feeling and wearing this product. But, um, but I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. So it's a super interesting observation. Little hooks that can be built into those pictures are even better. For instance, if, you know, text is king. And if you can put a really popular image with that text, make it smaller, but have that text as king. Like what kind of text? What, what is, what's an example of this? Um, three or four words. Like big... free shipping? Or are we talking like buy today? Oh, or like, like what the kind message of on the shirt. The message oh, on the catchphrase on the shirt. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Gotcha. The script on the shirt. So three or four words. But one little tactic that some are using that's just boosting their visits out, out of the roof, you could say, is underneath a message that people identify with. See, it's a funny women's shirt, as an example. I love my man, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Underneath, there should be um, a small three or four words underneath that you can hardly see. The reason for that is that somebody's going to identify with that message. Oh, I'm going to buy that for my wife, or whatever it is. And then, oh, but what's underneath? I can't quite see it. They click on it to get a larger view. Interesting. And then they go, start to go through that listing and, oh, that's what I want. And they purchase it. So you might more, more clicks. It may get more clicks, but less conversion, but more clicks mean more potential purchases. Sure. Yeah. You click through, it goes up. Um, awesome. Okay, cool. Wow. This is tons of nuggets. I know we talked about already. We already talked all day about this stuff, um, but where can people find you, man? Like where can people find your service or find, just follow you, like learn more about you, all that good stuff. Yeah. So you can find us. We have a website, uh, sweetspotmarketing.ca. That's our, that's our website, but we also have a TikTok channel. Sweet Spot Coach is the, uh, sorry, not Sweet Spot Coach. Etsy Coaching is our hashtag. That's how nice. you can TikTok and you can see a lot of the little tips and tricks and also we try to keep up with what's happening today. You can see all that stuff over there. Yeah. You guys give it like a lot of value, like a lot of free content. Obviously you're coming on here literally and sharing like this stuff for free, by the way, somebody could literally take some of this stuff and go and apply it and, and find success. Right. Um, obviously there's a lot of details that we did not talk about today, a million details, but the point is like, we appreciate you coming on the channel and like literally sharing, sharing your, sharing your knowledge, you know? Yeah, it's changing very quickly. And, it, you know, to miss out right now when there's so much activity, so much happening, a lot of people are saying, oh, April's, you know, and the spring and summer's, you know, it's expecting a downturn, but everybody should not be thinking that negative way. They should think to themselves with the future projections. And even if there's a downturn, 
the ones that went in the downturn are the ones who are getting their shop optimized and grabbing the clicks that are leaving from other shops that aren't optimized. So there's still massive market, no matter what we look at it. When you say um, downturn, <clears throat> I know we were trying to wrap up, sorry, but this is interesting. Um, you mean like economic downturn? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So you're in Canada, by the way. Um, I'm in US. Uh, so you, Canada, you guys, are, you guys are kind of hearing, feeling the same type of US type of downturn type of uh, talk. Is that what you're saying? It's mirrored for sure. Same okay. Thing. So I wonder, like, I don't know, like about our audience, because we have a global audience, right? Like literally uh, our Everbe users or Everbuilders or whatever you want to call us, right? They're all over the world. Um, so I don't know, like their local markets and how they're feeling. I know everybody like hears about the US for the most part, like, oh, there's an economy, there's, you know, potential downturn, all this stuff. But I'd like to talk about that for a second, um, because I haven't, we haven't talked about it yet on the podcast. And what your views are on like the Etsy seller or the e-commerce seller kind of going into this like potential recession thing that they've been talking about for the last five years. Um, how should somebody be, what, what kind of mindset should they be having going into this thing? Yeah. It's kind of funny because the negative mindset will stop a lot of people from yeah. making efforts. Right. But the ones who have with every recession, there's winners and there's losers always. But if you have the winning mentality that I'm going to really optimize everything to the maximum potential, so the rest of them are kind of giving up and it gives you the advantage in these downturns. Love that. You know, learn new things and not to give up and keep plumbing, plum, like just ignore that noise and just focus because That's right. one little piece I heard the other day is that, oh, April's down for sales. Okay. And then I see shops that are just starting that are yeah, just crushing. Like <laughs> what are they talking about, right? Yep. If that's Listen, what they started that shop, like it's crazy. Some of the thinking that's going around, but it does right. stop people from putting the effort into it. So ignore the noise and go forward. I love that, man. That's, I totally align with that thinking. Like, um, guess what? Like times are always hard, right? Whatever which way, like, like it's never easy, you know? And in fact, recessions and like economic downturns or whatever, they're an opportunity. It's an opportunity because all the other people that <laughs> they just won't even try, you know, or they'll be giving up. And that's just creates more opportunity for you. And I guess then the person will say uh, the, the negative, you know, mindset will kick in and say, well, there's less people buying though, because like less people have money to buy. Sure. And like my mindset is like, that's just nonsense. I mean, are there less people buying? Of course. Right. But like, that doesn't mean there's not people buying. There's literally billions of dollars still flowing through this thing. No matter which way you cut it, people are always going to buy their stuff. Yeah. And the word is on the street is that the future will be Etsy more than any of the other platforms because mm -hmm. of ease of purchase for the consumer. So Etsy's got the advantage. They're on the right platforms. Uh, yeah. We're content for you know what's coming up. What we have going on, Cody, is uh, a brand new way to make a living on Etsy. We're just publishing our very first time, uh, helping out people in your community. There's a way to do this with Etsy so you can partner up with other makers without reselling and have an incredible market. So create your own stuff. Partner up with a couple of locals and go from this from multiple channels so you can make your living that you need. If people are thinking about it, planning strategically, they can reach their goals. And it's totally possible in 2023. Interesting, man. We'll have to share that when you when you when you guys finalize that too and, and make that live because that'd be super cool. Um, yeah. I love it, man. So appreciate it. I'm gonna, by the way, I will link to all of uh Brad's TikTok and all of his um pretty much all of his content on his website. I mean, TikTok and well, in the show notes and in the YouTube channel, all that good stuff. So we'll make sure that that's all clear. It's awesome. You'll see a lot of Melissa and my wife on there, but I'm the background SEO guy that uh, that's fun. what's going on. So I'm stuck in the room, you know, in the basement, in my little cave. <laughs> all the time here. 
Thanks, Cody. Cool. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate you coming on. See you, man.